Spark your entrepreneurial pursuits with our guests' best-kept secrets for growing their business and healthcare practices. Get the how-tos that host How Out PR uses to win record sales for business owners and managers. This is BusinessWorks. Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar. I'm here today to share some thoughts with you about building yourself a successful direction with your business or professional practice, um, or your ambitions to do that at some point down the road. So th this works as well for entrepreneurs who don't have the wherewithal to make the business that they dream about happen yet, as well as it does for those who've been doing this for quite some time and are looking for a little refreshing change. Um, I will start this today by suggesting to you that we have all heard many times over, over, the, over years, really, uh, many years, that content, C-O-N-T-E-N-T, -E content, is king. <laughs> uh, well, I don't agree. I think content may be in the... Um, it, it may be in the upper echelon of the king's connections, <laughs> but on the internet, um, context is king. So you change that N in content, C-O-N-T-E, and make that next N an X, context, C-O-N-T-E-X-T, instead of C-O-N-T-E-N-T. -E and you have the makings of a thought process here that will work for you. And I would suggest that um, it's, it's especially true on the Internet because of the way things are represented and the, and the numbers of people who think they are you know, Internet experts and uh, right down to uh, the Facebooks and Twitters and all those other characters out there. Well, so how do we do this? Well, first of all, and I'm going to I'm going to give you this input, and then I'm going to a little read, a little, read a little story to you at the end of this. All right, so we'll we'll do this part first. Um, on the internet, graphics may serve to attract attention, and that's very important. And they may even stimulate desire, and that's even more important. But the words are what sell. The words and the context of those words in how they are represented is what sells. And I've done a couple of programs on the subject before, but not quite in the same direction. So I'm reinforcing it because it is important that we start thinking in terms of how the words we use fit into the thoughts we are trying to communicate. It's not just the words. The words are really important, and they are, in most cases, much more important than the visuals. Visuals help the words, but the words are what sell. And so the context of how those words are used, what wraps around them, and how they are spoken or sung or, or chanted or whatever they are, it is the words that sell, not the pictures. Pictures are Decoration. Very rarely does a picture sell all by itself. Words bring about action. Words deliver satisfaction. Words alone can answer the only, I have it, radio station WIIFM question. WII is what's in it for me. <laughs> the FM is for me. What's in it for me? Okay, WIIFM question. Every consumer has with their, and of course, this is 94.1 FM, so this is even above that. <laughs> every, every consumer 
has that question with every purchase. Successful exceptions to these seven words or less identity formula are few and far between. And usually they are the product of creative and management teams that work days on end, often weeks or months, believe it or not, to come up with the right words. And the right words do not come easy, especially for those branding lines that succeed at breaking the seven-word seven rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is in branding messages is seven words or less, okay? The fewer, the better, if you can do it. But that doesn't come flying off the top of your head. That usually takes mm, lots of time of writing things down, putting it away, come back to it again, putting it away, come back to it again, edit it, change it, put it away, come back to it again, on and on and on and on and on. And it sometimes takes weeks or months. Uh, I've heard of a couple of situations actually take years <laughs> to, to get the exact, precise, right words that constitute an effective branding message that works. So they don't come easy is the bottom line. And especially um, don't come easy um, for those that succeed at breaking the seven words rule of thumb. Sometimes more than seven words can work, but it is very extremely rare. And you can see that all you have to do is watch television for an hour and see the 45,000 commercials that run during that hour, and you'll see... Um, you'll you'll see some that are that work. There may be one or two that works out of uh, hundreds that that has more than seven words. But 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 the rule of thumb is that the best ones, the ones that we do remember, are fewer, seven or fewer. Examples that come to mind are often created with the intentional violation of the limited word memorability by going way over the top like the purposefully long catchiness of ace hardware advertising phraseology and rhythm, um, or by segueing the seven words or less message directly into a memorable piece of music, like farmer's insurance. We are farmers, dump the dump 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 yes. And sometimes one small extra word will cut it, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, there you go. Reality is that seven words or less almost always work best, which is why the challenge attached to coming up with those words is so daunting. It's not a matter of going into the closet with an armload of junk food and emerging a couple hours later with an aha, one-line genius uh, branding line. The kinds of seven words or less combinations that do work, do it. I'm loving it. America runs on Duncan. Should I stay or should I go? It's in you. Thank heaven for 7-Eleven. We'll leave the light on for you. And then add your own. They're the most often born only weeks or months of, uh, of gone by studying the products and services, the markets involved, and, and even then creating an innovative little twist in the most provocative way to represent the message. So we got you thinking about that. Um, consider that it's been a long uh, it's long been that the ad agency absolute rule for, for advertising agencies for successful drive-by billboards is that they max out at seven words because more than seven cannot typically be read and absorbed at parkway speed, and certainly not without getting in an accident. The same is true for email subject lines because people speed on their computers. 
Here, by the way, in case you missed it, is a clear channel billboard. Of, and I, if you'll go to, um, well, I, I, I just, I put up a billboard that's empty on uh, my LinkedIn site. And I just asked if that was your message <laughs> uh, during the coronavirus. And, and so that blank billboard had nothing on it at all. And um, I got a lot of response. I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of comments back. So most of ideal is to have seven words include the brand or the company name, but it needs to be a natural fit. You can't force it. If you force it, it defeats the purpose. And or, now that's A, so here's B, to use a good taste double entendre whenever possible, okay? That's something that could have two meanings, but, but be careful with that one. Um, good taste. C, to, of course, rhyme when the occasion permits. That always helps, too. The trick is to make it flow in a natural way, especially in the use of humor. When anything seems to feel forced, it defeats the purpose, and, and it will usually backfire. So we want to avoid anything that seems forced. And here's an, an assignment that you can do and grade yourself on, okay? Carry a piece of paper with the first seven words you can think of that describe you that describe yourself, and the first seven words you can think of that best describe your business or your business direction or your business thinking or your ambitions for business. Look at it every day for one week, and every time you do, edit it. Change words. Substitute words. Keep at it. Even after you think you have an aha, keep at it. Keep it in your wallet. Take it out. Keep every day. Look at it and make some change to it. Just keep, you know, don't cross it out so you can't read it. You want to know where you started. So if you, you know, keep it right small, you know, you can just keep after a week. You need to make seven <laughs> lines, so to speak, an index card, whatever works. But if you keep at it, even after you think you have an aha, you will be surprising yourself. Uh, but before you kiss yourself in the mirror, because you've just produced brilliance, and just for curiosity, how do your two sets of words compare, the first and the last? And the hint is, you'll wish you had done this pen to paper and kept each scribbled out version along the way. That scenario learning curve far surpasses electronic notepad use or using of your, your mobile phone. Write it down. Much more about all this in quick take-home thoughts that span decades of successful branding experiences can be found no obligation, no tracking cookies, no arm bending, no strings attached, no bombardment or follow-up emails, no deals, just good free input stuff at www.businessworks.us. Um, Make today a great day and come back for the second half. I think you'll be a little startled. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal Alpiar, and I am here today. We're talking a whole lot about uh, context versus content and what, what works for you in terms of your, your branding message. And I thought I would do something very different and out of the ordinary today. I am going to read to you a short, original children's book that I wrote many years back. Um, 
that has been recently published and is uh, available online to look at with a with a um, a recording anyway and some artwork. Um, and I narrate it. And uh, the video was done by a, a Tennessee Tech student who who has gone on in life. And the music provided by uh, the creative genius Valerie Connolly, who many have heard of, and her her music and her shows, and she's now working on a film we've talked about here. Um, and it is a book that I wrote called Doodle Ooh, The Bareheaded Bear. All right? And <clears throat> we're going to talk about Doodle Ooh here. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you to keep in mind the context. We just finished talking about content versus context and the importance of... Um, keeping, uh, really working hard at the words that you use to describe yourself and your business. Very important. Um, The Magnificent Seven, Seven Words or Less, Who Are You? Well, this book has more than seven words. It's a children's book. If you have uh, youngsters, um, I'd say three, four, five, six, seven in the house, you might want to call them over to if you're home to give a listen to this with you, or you may want to get the podcast and play it for them. Um, and you can get that podcast at nine, uh, 94.1. So it's you go to newstalk941.com slash podcasts. And when you get to that page, you scroll down 14, I believe it is, 14 boxes of the different um, topics of shows, and you'll see Business Works, and they're the last Four or five shows will be showing. And so this show will appear on there um, as of Monday. Um, And if you have kids around, you may want to share this with them and have them uh, sit and listen. It's just a couple of minutes long. And uh, my results have been uh, gotten standing ovations in schools in three different states. (laughs) Um, And probably about four or 500 young people have Youngsters have listened to it and seen it, uh, seen the pictures with it. I can't do the pictures on the <laughs> on the radio, but uh, or on the podcast, but they are there. And um, there is a place where you can find them, and I will let you know that next week. Okay, but for now, here's the story. Now, be thinking about how this relates to you and your business. Oh, Doodaloo Bear did not have one hair between the two ears on his head. He worried about that, and so wore a hat everywhere that he went. Even bed? Even bed. Doodaloo was afraid all his friends in first grade would make fun and Tease him and all. If they found out his head without his red hat was as shiny and smooth as a ball. One day after school it got dark, oh, so dark. The wind blew and it rained very hard. Doodaloo and his friends all ran to get home when the wind blew his hat through the yard. Before he could get it, his friends started to laugh because they saw not one hair on his head. They laughed and they laughed and they laughed and they laughed 
They laughed till his face turned all red. Doodaloo's feelings were hurt very bad. But his friends just kept laughing. It made him so sad. Then poor Doodaloo bent over to cry. Just as he did, a car rushed right by. The car bumped the sidewalk and stopped right there. And the driver jumped out and he called, Little Bear, Little Bear, he said, You just saved my life. I was falling asleep driving home to my wife. I was tired today and dark came so fast, I started to sleep. I almost crashed. When the lights from my car lit your shiny bare head, the glow from your top made my eyes open up and I stopped quick. It's dead. It's lucky for me. You don't have any hair. Thank you so much, you wonderful bear. Then Doodaloo's friends all yelled, Hooray! Doodaloo's bare head has saved the day. And never again did that bear wear a hat. And never again did friends tease about that. After all, they all said, Hey, what good is a bear without a bare head? And Doodaloo understood to be shiny instead of having bare hairs on his little bare head was more extra special than honey on bread. Now, that's a story that was written for, by me for my daughter when she was a baby. She's not a baby anymore. <laughs> Um, in fact, she has had babies, so it's been around for a while. I use it because I think what we tend to do is we try to obscure something that we perceive as a weakness of our own when we are trying to develop and build our business. We try to hide some things that we think are not acceptable or don't look good to people. It's, there's a lot of judgmental stuff going on there. And I'm not just talking about uh, retail stores or something. I mean, I'm talking about the way that we come across to others. And so in attempting to hide certain things and not being forthcoming and straight out with, with what's happening and how we really feel, whether we really think something is a good good situation for somebody or not, um, and we're honest about it, that the end result is a positive one and that we will get back positive responses. So the idea that this, this little bear uh, had to cover his bald head with his, with his little hat, um, we all have done that. Each of us who are listening to this right now has had to cover something of ourselves with something else, <laughs> something uh, physical or something mental or something in our mind, you know, something, something about us. And going back to what we had talked about in content and context, context is what this is all about. In context with this bear hiding his bald head, he was comfortable going day to day with his friends around him. But when the day came with the hat blew off, and there he was, bald and bareheaded. 
he got a little freaked out and he got very upset and he was just totally humiliated because he had been hiding this for so long and and then realized when the the car came along and he kind of saves the day there that it wasn't a weakness it was just the way he was and by the way in this particular example he saved the day if the man driving the car hadn't had the light reflected off his bald head he would have crashed um at least that's the story well what what is it that's um that you're doing, that you may be covering up, that you have been afraid to take a risk with because you think that people uh, are going to respond negatively to it in your business. And, I, and the best thing I can suggest to you is that if you have that in a, in a concrete form, if you have it written down someplace or a picture of something or a drawing of something that you really would like to do but you're afraid people will... Uh, see it in the wrong way, hear it in the wrong way, think of it in the wrong way, test it. As long as you remain outside the realm of opinion and you simply are sharing it with people to ask what they think, you'll get honest answers. And if you present it in that context, it is not you're not threatening them to give you a positive answer. You're not making them uncomfortable. You are uh, showing them a, a new way of thinking that you have and you're wondering what their their take is because it's going to be different than yours. And, and so once you introduce a new branding line, for example, or a new way of packaging or a new way of uh, uh, displaying your products or your services or uh, making a sales pitch, for example, to, that... that once you've done that, there's no room to, to test it. it. It's there, and people will remember it. So if you're going to come up with something different, new, exciting, provocative, whatever, um, test it. And in order to test it, you must be totally objective. There can be no, no buts. You have to be yes, yes. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your input. Thank you for your take. Thank you for your ideas. And then proceed to make the most of what you learn in the context of what it is that you need to get done. Thank you so much for your attention today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my little writing with you. Um, that um, I, I think that if... Again, I want to say thank you to our first responders. And if you have any questions, please send me a note, hal at businessworks.us, 941 in the subject line. I will get back to you promptly. Have a great day. You've been listening to Business Works. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.